welcome to the Make It Count podcast. It's good to have you back. Welcome along, Matt. Thanks. I'm always here. <laughs> You're always here. I'm always here. We're rocking along. We're really enjoying it, actually. And today we've got a new actually. conversation. What do you mean, actually? Well, <laughs> I think For all some of those people who, uh, suspect that we actually hate doing this. Well, I we think enjoyed. I think some people hear that we're doing a weekly podcast and think oh that's a lot of work or like how do you know what to talk about or prep and all this work that goes into it but mm. we are enjoying it yes that's fair actually actually fair <laughs> enough fair enough so anyway today we're talking about living in times of uncertainty are we mm. Ooh, i see what you did there see what i did there yeah <laughs> and i think most people would agree that Potentially, even, we're living in a time of overwhelming uncertainty. Mm. What do you think, Matt? Absolutely. I totally... It, I, but it depends on what you um, expose yourself to in terms of inputs, really. Okay, so what are you, what are you inferring there? Well, for example, we are recording this in the sort of early part of 2022, um, March, and... You've got all the sort of stuff that's going on at the moment with Russia and the Ukraine, and it's on all the news and everything. That's the latest in the, a long list of just things, crises that are continually going on. What's obviously, we're still, as much as some people think we're out of it, we're still in a global pandemic, which has a lot of uncertainty. So, what I'm saying is, if you expose yourself to the 24 hour news cycle, you are exposing yourself to chaos, uncertainty, all the worst things. Um, and so your mind is going to be overwhelmed by that. Okay, but wouldn't those things still cause uncertainty, even if you weren't aware? Say, for example, you didn't watch the 24-hour news cycle, but actually the fuel prices have still gone up sure. and everything else is still impacted. So, But it wouldn't necessarily be as overwhelming. That's okay. what I mean. Oh, so you're so you're you hinting said, like, on the overwhelming, overwhelming part is like we can choose as we we well, we have some aspect of control over how much I choose to dip in and how much is too much for me. Mm. Okay, but maybe another aspect, and we've talked about this before as well, applying to university, for example. Just in the UK, there are like 130, 150 university institutions. On top of that, however many different courses. Yeah, that's also overwhelming and brings up uncertainty and lots of questions as well yeah and all of these world things um, global events and things have an impact on what will happen in the immediate future but also what could happen in the long-term future and at the end of the day anyone that tells you they know what's going to happen is selling you something anyone that's honest is like well yeah it is uncertain we have to deal with that risk So it's sort of it's a bit matter of fact, there is uncertainty, deal with it. And I, I think it's interesting because uncertainty almost always has a negative connotation. Mm. But also it is seems like we're more aware that it's a constant. And maybe what you're what I heard you say there is that actually we can choose whether we're overwhelmed by that or not, by what we engage with. Or and, not, our, and who we listen to or not. Yeah, and our, our response to that uncertainty, 
it was we may have spoken about it already on one of the previous podcasts but you in one of your blogs had kind of five different people's thoughts on uncertainty and at the beginning they were much more related to uncertainty is linked to fear and paralysis you stop you don't move forward you you're stopped the the, the towards the end bottom of the blog post it was much more positive outlook of uncertainty is awesome because anything can happen we we get to be creative we get to explore new things i suppose going back to the the great old explorers wherever they went they were uncertain what they would find and that didn't scare them the people that were scared of that stayed at home the explorers were like this is amazing we could we could find these incredible new lands and and people are continuing to explore new things in this day and age the space the seas the sciences art so what are you finding uncertain in your life at the moment mm. Mm. Um, well tying it back probably sound like a broken record at the moment but one of the things that i've been doing through the last few months well the last few weeks a couple of months more intentionally is this designing your life process with a couple of friends and some of the questions is going okay what is the direction you want to head in and now we're getting to a point of kind of quote-unquote prototyping that's effectively setting up some conversations with people to find out what things would be like so some of those uncertainties are well maybe i would like to go into this branch of engineering the uncertainty is what is that actually like and then some of the other uncertainties would be, if that sounds good, how would I actually start to progress towards that? But the benefit of doing this whole process is that's not an overwhelming thing as it used to be. There's just kind of cloud of, ah, I think I would like to do that, but that's just, I don't know. It's kind of break it down. Think about this particular question and go, well, how can I answer that question? Mm. And it becomes a lot more exciting because even if I walk away and I decide, though that's not for me i've learned something i've mm. maybe engaged with some interesting people mm. so two things one at the beginning you said you sound like a broken record and my brain went off and was like ah, we don't use records anymore that's really funny <laughs> but the term still holds and we all use it all the time anyway that's true <laughs> it's like, yeah, ah. when was the last time you had a broken record yeah <laughs> so, round round. anyway yeah so that was the first and less relevant point Uh, (laughs) but also there is that idea that hey yeah but because for me in coaching i love helping position or find people that are uncertain and help them move towards clarity and confidence Mm -hmm. and i think it's not to move towards certainty but to move them towards clarity and confidence and i've worked with people as they've tried to explore what university course they want to go on. We've, I've already brought that example up, but there's hundreds. And if you go decide you might go to another country, thousands. And that is overwhelming and it's uncertain. And there's loads of, but what if I choose the wrong one? You know, what if I'm not doing the right thing for me? What if I'm being influenced by these other people? And actually, I know that through the process of coaching, there's a clarity of why they're choosing something as opposed to, well as well as what they're choosing and so they can move forward confidently clear on the reasons why they're choosing xyz and i think one of the things that's come through your design the life process is that it takes thousands of options 
and helps you just go smaller, smaller, smaller. Here's five or here's three. Yeah. But let's really make them clear choices. It's not like this. All it's not a certain, but it's a clear one. It's like, oh, that's what that would look like, and this is what this would look like, rather than five hundred vague floating clouds. For sure, and one of the first things they talk about in terms of a reframe is stop thinking about what's the right thing, the right move, or what if it's not right. You go well. There are lots of good options out there, and lots of bad options out there. Maybe even a few great options, but there's no one kind of quote unquote right one. So that can help take some of that pressure of what if I get it wrong. That doesn't help, and that's. Again, once you've made the decision, that just agonising cheats you of enjoying what you have chosen. And obviously, we did a podcast interviewing this book with Matt a few episodes ago. Maybe it was 15, 14, whatever. I can't remember. But actually, the thing I thought... So I'm going to reposition this conversation a little bit to the fact that I think a lot of uncertainty at the moment, this time of overwhelming uncertainty, mm. is because there are so many things that impact us that we actually don't have control over. Sure. And so, you know, we know about Stephen Covey's circle of control, circle of influence, and then most of the stuff is out of your control. Sure. And so it's like, you know, lots of people will say, you know, just focus on the things you can control, spend a bit of time on maybe some of the things you can influence, but ignore the things that you can't do anything about. And the problem is, or the challenge is always, when those things very significantly impact us and there's nothing we can do that's quite a destabling situation and i think that's where a lot of the uncertainty comes from is like yeah there are these huge things going on in the world locally and globally and i can't do anything about them but they're doing a lot to me and maybe a lot negatively <laughs> to me. And that, that I think, is where a lot of uncertainty comes from. And how we, I suppose, I wonder, like, that, how do you respond to that? What, what's the solution to that level of uncertainty? Hmm. Well, I think one of the, the first thing I would say, something I heard recently that can be helpful, is to actually draw out these circles in whether you choose a specific life area or not. So, for example, you were going to buy a house. What are the things that's in my control? What are the things I can maybe influence? And what are the things out of my control? To actually identify those things and to really go, these are the things that are outside of my control. Because if we don't identify them, what we can potentially do is believe that we have some measure of control over them or try to control them Mm. rather than recognise, no, that isn't something I can control. And actually what I need to do is almost surrender that and, and stop trying to control it because that's just expending a lot of energy mm. and mental time on something that isn't going to change. So that's the first thing I would say is actually get clear about what those things are. I think with many of the things we discuss, with the first step is often gain some clarity of awareness Uh, and put things in their right boxes as it were and then once you have that you can and every time you just spot yourself trying maybe starting to worry over the specific thing or that's that if you realize well no hang on that's out that's the out of control bucket 
I'm going to leave that away. Mm. I'm just going to say, well, what happens happens, but I can't control that. You know, I don't happen to be the head of the Bank of England who can change interest rates or whatever. Mm. So that can help and that can be freeing. And that's interesting because I was thinking, actually, two coaching conversations came to mind. One, we're just in this conversation and I sort of asked that question, you know, what parts of this can you control? And that was like a game changer for them. Huh. And they were they made an action step around it, went away and put it and I was like, oh, that was so freeing. And, and another person I, I coached with talked about how they just did that every week. They would draw the circles, my control, influence, no control. And yeah. again, that just becomes a, and if you do that every week, you start engaging in the world in that way. You are really clear. It's going it, to draw into your present moment by moment. And yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, release that. You know, maybe if you if you have a spiritual element to it, you're like, I'll pray over that and release that mm. to God completely. Um, well, I mean, I was, you've just reminded me of a discussion I had with a, another coach. And he was saying... This is something that he Another does. Another coach. <gasps> um, it's exactly this, but it's a, a mind mapping, but using the serenity prayer, which mm. I'm sure many people have heard of the serenity prayer, but it's the one that effectively says, you know, give me the the grace to change the things that I um, I can change, the courage to, no, no, the, the courage to change the things I can, the grace to accept the things I can't, and the wisdom to know the difference. Mm. And it's part of a longer prayer. Doing exactly the same thing, really. It's the same. What can I control? What can I not control? And maybe what do I have some influence over? And then bringing that a releasing, but also a wisdom and a discernment. What is it? You know, where do they fit? Because putting one thing in the wrong bucket is actually not going to help. Mm. If something's in my control, but I think it's out of my control, I'm releasing that, and then someone else will take control over it. Mm. So one, going back to the beginning of this conversation. We're talking about the overwhelm of the uncertainty. And I immediately, I suppose, in the the world where or the, the circumstances we're in, I immediately thought, well, what have I been doing a lot more in the last couple of weeks? I've been looking a lot more at the news. <laughs> and I typically don't engage much in the news sometimes just to keep a price. But, ah, I have opened myself to that. Well, something that is within my control is where I put my attention. We've discussed this about other things as well. It's not just the news, mm. but it's media that we consume, social media that we engage with, other people that we engage with. I have control over where I put my attention. I can't control what those things are doing. I can't control what is on the news, but I can control whether I engage in it. Mm. And if I don't think I do, if I think I'm a, oh, I, I'm just totally a slave to whatever, or I have no control over that, well, wherever they direct my attention, that's where my attention will be. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm. I suppose one of the, to to shift a little bit. Both of us like what Mark Sayers talks about. Oftentimes, I'm trying to remember the two words, the two C words he talks about. It's like complex and is complicated. It complicated? Yeah. It's like so we've moved from complicated to complex. Yeah, and so this idea of complicated is. Yeah, it's complicated, but here are the 10 steps. If you follow this, you'll be able to do it. Yeah, there's, there's many things in the system, but with the set rules of play, mm. 
you do this, that's the outcome. You yeah, do this, that's of, the outcome. You it's figure the outable. There's a there's a stimulus response. There's a uh, yeah. There's an element of that. But he said now we live in a complex where that might work one day, but it's not going to work the next day because everything is changing. Yes. These seemingly contrary things are both true in the same system, and so. But then he also says that's how most of history has been. You know, you didn't know if it was going to rain at the right time for the crops to grow. You didn't know if you were going to get raided by the the other tribe. You didn't you didn't know what was going on, but it could impact you. And so he said only really in the last maximum 50 years have we even thought that it wasn't a complex world. Huh. And and so you could reliably plan out a couple of years ahead. Oh, I'm going to go to this country in a few years or I'm going to go and do that. Yeah. And so it's interesting that we're kind of probably having to relearn the lessons that most generations through history already know. And so I suppose that's an interesting thing. And then I was thinking an article which I haven't, or sorry, an essay which I haven't read yet. Matt read last year, so we're not super familiar on it, but it's a C.S. Lewis, is it living in an atomic age? Yep. And it's this idea of living under this threat of atomic weapons destroying the world. And what are you going to do? Should you just live in fear? And his, from my understanding, having not read the article, <laughs> conclusion was carry on living life. Yeah. Have the beautiful things that characterize living humanly. Yes. Well, I, I was turned back onto this. I, have, I read it when I was at university then I read it again last year or maybe the, in 2020 as the pandemic was starting I'm reminded of it because I can't remember the year he wrote it but it was it was the looming threat of potential nuclear fallout nuclear war and they said well it's very um, prescient in the time of the pandemic if you just remove all the references from atomic bombs to just talking about the pandemic instead mm. and C.S. Lewis's point through the essay is exactly as you were saying um, a few minutes ago. Through most of history, there has been a, just an ever-present threat. Whatever the threat happens to be, whether it's crop failure that year or whether it's being raided or whether it is a plague, which has been common throughout human history, you know, the bubonic plague. I think my understanding was in some um, populations wiped out up to 90%. Oh really? I thought it was a third of Europe. Yeah, but I think well, uh, maybe I'm anyway, wrong. Julian of Norwich lived through a, a pandemic. Oh yeah, yeah. 90, up to ninety percent of some communities was wiped out. Mm. Well, that's crazy. Uh, and so we are being ushered into normal business as usual, as it were, when it comes to human history. And exactly, his point was, well, why then should we? live and cower in fear mm. when it's almost like the world is as normal and it's not to say it's to to make small of it to minimize it and to go well therefore it's not really a problem it's to recognize no it is it is it is this threat is real and and it's right to n not desire it but don't let it rob us of our humanity and doing the things that are human and he just talks of some some beautiful things but some mundane things you know make music play cook food, eat together. And and I think, yeah, absolutely. So we, we live in an uncertain age and the stuff that's kicking off in Europe, the global pandemic still, 
there will always be things that are out of our control, that influence our lives and that make us, will, 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 our temptation will be draw in, maybe circle the wagons as it were, uh, tighten my little circle, prepare to protect myself and my few. Well, the countercultural thing in that situation is to go, okay, this is as it always has been. Uh, let me make some wise decisions on how I can best prepare for this. But let me also open to other people. Let me also be living life. Because, mm. um, you know, C.S. Lewis closes out the essay with something like, you know, what, what a shame it would be if when the bombs land, we're found cowering in a corner rather than doing human things. Mm. Two things. When was the last time you circled the wagons, Matt? Anyway, uh, it was Matthew. Up all of my uh, what do they call those sayings? Yeah, those cliches. But. Yeah, well, basically, is at this point, uh, who circles wagons anymore? But anyway, yes. But the second thing, I suppose, is that thing of doing the human. <laughs> yeah, you appreciate my interruptions and my comments on what you were saying. Yeah, but it is about that doing human things, and so. I suppose we started this conversation talking about these uncertainties in our near world and in the distant world that can impact us and actually recognizing and sometimes the thing that helps us make it count is almost carrying on is those beautiful mundane things it's not putting life on hold necessarily in the hope that it passes but um, carrying on through that and now I just thought of that sort of now off quoted Gandalf to Frodo quote, you know, I wish I didn't live in such times as this. So say everyone who lives in those times, but ours is not to choose a time, but what we do with that time. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of this uncertainty, you've talked about the idea of choice. Well, you're now probably going to choose less 24 hour news cycle, mm. <laughs> more life things. And we all have that. There's an element of choice in what we do with this time. Do we get caught up in the soap opera or, or do we choose otherwise? Mm. Yeah, oh, I think that's a great summary. Um, well done, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As always, guys, uh, we're, we're bringing this to a close now. Thank you for listening. We would love to hear what you guys are saying. Connect with us, however. We have got the email, makeitcount.pod at gmail.com. And... Yeah, we'll see you next, you next week. Time.